Welcome to After Hours by Astrid and Mie. Today we're speaking to Jazz Karis about making it in the music industry. Hello and welcome to After Hours with Astrid and Mie. I'm your host, Bella. We're recording via Zoom. And today we have the lovely Jazz joining us. Jazz, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm brilliant. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. And Jazz is a wonderful musician, but would you like to give us a little bit of an intro on who you are and what you're doing for anyone who hasn't heard your music? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Jazz Carriers from South London. I make soul, R&B music. Um, I just released a project called All Eyes On You. Um, and it's doing really well, so I'm really happy about that. But um, yeah, that's <laughs> me really. So tell me a little bit more about All Eyes On You. So was it recorded during lockdown? Yeah, majority of it. Some of it like I was pre-recorded, but like maybe just before. So but the majority of it was just like in my bedroom. In your bedroom? So have you got like yeah. a setup at home that's kind of yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like, I already knew how to record myself, but I had to kind of level it up, I guess, if I was trying to record and release <laughs> through my bedroom. So um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just spent the beginning of lockdown kind of really challenging on how to do that the best way. Mm. Um, so with a little help from your friends um, absolutely you can, you can get some good <laughs> stuff done so was it written before lockdown or is some of it actually inspired by kind of what's going on no some of it was definitely written in lockdown so um hold you was written here it was actually on my you know when we could only go out for exercise like yeah. was it once a day or so yeah um I was it was like on my park break so I've done a FaceTime zoom like I hate Zoom music sessions anyway, but because um, these guys were my friends, it was quite casual and we ended up writing it in a park like over Zoom. So, Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that was really cool. That was written here. I wanted something, I wanted a distraction, like to remember that there's actually like some nice stuff still happening in the world, not just this horribleness. Well, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, I think that especially as a creative, you either, you can either take the doom and gloom and use that to plant a seed and actually build something and try and get something out of it or it can just squash literally (laughs) yeah yeah I I think I just needed some positivity or like a big distraction I think from everything Mm. um it started off really casual and it just uh built into an actual project so but that's brilliant because it was organic and yeah I love organic natural stuff so yeah Hmm. so what is your creative process when it comes to writing um, I think it's definitely changed during lockdown because I've had to do everything from, I guess, my home, mm. but, um, I think I really have to get in the mood and then, how do you um, get in the mood? <laughs> I don't know. It just comes and goes. I've realized when I force myself to do it, if I'm not in the mood, it doesn't come out the way I want it to. So I just kind of need to take it as it comes and goes. Cause it's the same environment all the time. I guess sometimes you need to just go out and do something completely different. Mm. Um, but when I am in a good space, like headspace for it, I'll usually jump on the microphone straight away and just like ran, like record myself loads, just kind of freestyling bits. And if there's any bits in there, I'll pick it out um, and then write from there, really. That's so interesting. So literally, it's just like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Now and yeah. Kind of like, let's just like let yourself run free. That's, that's my vibe, yeah. Oh, that and so I suppose and then do you kind of slice it up and like take a bit and like send it to a producer and be like what do you think of this um yeah so usually I do like to start with a bit of music first even if it's not the whole track or it's just a piano or a guitar just something and then once I've gone off um I will like it's like comp it which means like just chopping it up to the bits I like um and then right from there and then maybe send like a rough 
take structure to whoever I'm working with to then build on more. So do you do you play instruments or can you kind of create a beat on uh, not beat like yet. Listen, I can create a beat. Who do I think I am? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I, I, I play a bit of piano, but I'm not a beat oh, maker yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I literally worked in a recording studio for about two weeks. I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. I think I'm like, I don't even know the name of a producer to give you an example of. So let's just forget me having any kind of. It sounds like magic to me. It's like people creating music when you're someone who's from. A purely listening perspective it is like the yeah, most it's the, producers are very talented people I think as well you have to hear it way miles ahead than the starting point they're at as well which is really cool yeah kind of have that vision of where you're going to go with it mm-hmm. so where do you find your inspiration I know that obviously you've been confined to these four walls at the moment but you know is it from personal experience is it from telly is it from books like where do you normally go right this is going to lead me on a good journey um definitely it's usually real life um I think I definitely I'm a very visual person as well so if I'm really hooked on a storyline and something I'm watching that can definitely inspire or something um, yeah I I really get attached to characters way too much so. <laughs> like who but, is um, there one that you're like oh uh, I think it depends the series I guess I get hooks like I'm really a series person mm-hmm. so if I do get I'm right now watching um, Handmaid's Tale and that's really like affecting me. I haven't watched it. I actually think that I'm too sensitive to watch it. Everyone- yeah, it's really, I didn't, I think my friend told me to watch it because it's really good. And that's right, not the um, preparation you need for this show huh. because, mate, every time I watch it, I'm just fuming. But um, <laughs> I, it's addictive as well at the same time. It's a really good series. So um, I think I'll mostly end up doing something about that because I'm very attached right now. So. But that's wicked is that you're literally going to end up having a song some way inspired by some of the emotions yeah I I think as well my inspirations I don't they might not be as obvious to other people as they are to me so mm. like some and that's why I think I love music as well because you could listen to a song and take it completely different to how I I wrote about it yeah. um everyone's different so they'll apply it to their own personal situation so it's I think inspiration from different places I'm always welcoming it so yeah I mean that's the most beautiful thing about art is once you put it out into the world it's not yours anymore you know so mm-hmm. if you write a song and like you say I know that I've listened to a song and I've totally like applied it to something about my own life it's spoken to someone else they're like yeah it's about like I don't know cheese and I'm like no it's not <laughs> it's about the like, <laughs> existence what are you talking about <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's just it's beautiful I love it so when did you start singing um, I started singing from really early. Like, uh, I got into a gospel choir. I don't even know how old I was. Must have been around, around like 10, 11. Oh, cute. Have you got video? Yeah. You like that? Like- yeah, definitely. I, I used to do my school talent shows. Like, <laughs> I was really into it. I, I played piano first. I played that, uh, I think I must have been about seven when I started piano. And then, um, but singing came after that. And then I just got hooked on singing. So, And who recognised that, like, was it like when you were kind of, singing around the house was your mum like wow she's actually really good <laughs> I don't think um I think it was more like in choir I used to get because I was the youngest one as well I did used to do like quite a bit of solos like you know you get a little you solo part, so I was always excited <laughs> and I realized how much I enjoyed getting a solo mm-hmm. so um I started to notice it and then in school I think when I was doing talent my mum started to notice it um and then from yeah from from like the end of primary school I think we all knew that's what I wanted to do. They recognised it. Because like most yeah. kids, like I've got loads of nieces and nephews and godkids and they all love singing. I'm not going to say that I would 
<laughs> I would like to hear any of them sing more than I currently have to. <laughs> and that's me being diplomatic. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess it's hard with kids because kids love to do it exactly. anyway. So you can't, and because their voices are so innocent, you can't really tell if it's gonna. I guess sometimes you can. Like it's yeah. obvious. Like oh my gosh, I have a great voice. Yeah. But then I think sometimes there may be late bloomers. Or but um, I think it's because of what I was listening to. I was listening. To my mom like obviously was playing like Aretha Franklin and proper gospel music in my house growing up. So I was singing like women, like but, but not like I, like a little girl's trying to sing like women. Yeah. But I wasn't singing like maybe. Um, I don't know, like your average pop songs and well, stuff. And Baby I love Shark that. And oh, like, I was singing Beyonce for my for my uh, talent competitions and stuff like that, trying to belt it out. So um, the fact that you were able to, to though shows that they were like, right, okay, if she can, if you can follow along with Aretha Franklin, then you know there's going to be a little try, try to. <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, listen, I've been listening to you all afternoon. Like, this is brilliant. <laughs> um, Thank you. So, I guess. If there are musicians who are listening to this and they've found that the found, or even any creative really, and they found themselves uninspired mm-hmm. during the yeah, in, the, this, we all have this time. How would you in, tell them to kind of? How would you get them to do what yeah, you're doing? <laughs> um, I feel like uninspiration, like uh, being uninspired, is very natural, and I was against it for a very long time. Mm. Like, no, I can't be, but. When you force yourself to do stuff, I just think it's like you actually then maybe might not even want to do it for it. It will take you longer than to want to do it again. Um, mm. That's what I found for me anyway. So I think it's okay to you got to be able to have other indulgences. I think like things that you enjoy as much, um, whether that's going outside. I found exercise has actually really helped clear my mental space. That's and good. Just that's really a big thing. Um, and yeah, just another. You need to have other joys. I think because. If this also is like as much, as much I love music, it's my work as well. So yeah, I have you have to take breaks from it. So um, like I said like I love watching a good series or exercise or spending time with friends and family, and not like kind of punishing yourself for it because I used to do that a lot. Um, like whenever I take breaks, like it's not okay. Um, and that just I think hurts the process of coming back to it because it feels so pressurized. But um. Yeah, just, I think take a break and don't put so much pressure on it and it will naturally, it will come back. If Like, obviously, we all love music. So as well, if you're doing it for work, you must love it that <laughs> yeah. much. So <laughs> it will come back. Um, just don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, I think everyone's guilty of beating themselves up when they're not feeling particularly motivated. Well, especially during this period, mm-hmm. I think it's been really hard to not, like, look at yourself. That's why I call the project um, All Eyes on You because I felt like, when I say all eyes, but like everyone's looking at themselves so much. Mm-hmm. like. Well, not even just for coming to work, but how they look, um, everything, fitness. I think who you're close to, who you're really missing, like not seeing. Um, I just think everything has become so much more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've realised what's more important, what's not during this time. That's it. The space has been created for you to really start examining everything that's that is serving you and that's not serving you. You know. Yeah, which is kind of scary, but at the same time, I think we needed to have that wake-up call. Let's hope so. Let's hope that that can bring a little bit of good out of what doesn't appear to always have the best, you know, impact on the world. But if that means that we're all kind of doing things that bring us a bit more joy, then brilliant, you know. Yeah. So let's talk about carving out a space for homegrown R&B in the UK. So how has that been for you? Um, I think very challenging. I think... The UK is a hard space for R&B to just like thrive. It's not really thriving. There's 
smaller there's I think there's a lot of people coming up mm-hmm. um which are creating I feel like forcefully creating more opportunities and spaces for R&B but I still don't think we have the platform yet um or just the uh the support from the industry maybe could be just in comparison to maybe when you look at um, American R&B yeah. and stuff like that that is so much bigger um so much more popular there than it is here so it has been it has really been difficult um yeah, but you also, I think it then also makes moments like live shows and stuff so much more special as well when you have so many people that like, because when you're into it, you're really into it. Um, and you can see that when, when it's live and everything. It's not just like a normal shouting concert. It's a really like moment. Mm, I guess obviously yeah. you've not been able to do any live performances. When was the last no. live performance that you did? Uh, it would have been at the end of last year. Um, I think it would have been Sinead Harnett. I opened for Sinead Harnett. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, Shepherd's Bush Empire. That was wicked. But I think that would have been the last one, actually, that we done. Yeah. And I guess as a performer, that's like... Yeah, it's killing me. It's killing yeah. me. We have done a couple, me and my guitarist, we have done a couple, um, like, Instagram and shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, of course, it's not the same as, like... Uh, face-to-face interaction yeah you need that energy from the crowd and to be like yeah yeah you not just comments on the screen like <laughs> but I mean I appreciate it but it's just not the same thing of course and how I mean obviously do it performing to a screen is a completely different I mean it's probably not going to go away anytime soon this new way of yeah and sharing music I mean how how do you prepare for something like that like I know obviously you've got your room you can record do you do it in there because the acoustics or um, yeah, I think it depends really because as well the house is so packed because everyone's working from home. It is really difficult to find a space. Like, I have to kick someone out of the living room. Yeah, like I want change of scenery as well. So it is quite difficult. Mm. Um, I started doing it in here in my bedroom, but I have really got tired of writing, performing, sleeping, exercise, <laughs> everything in my room. So um I have tried to outside would be great, but again, then the acoustics are not great. And there's um, going to be someone that comes along is like, "Hi, yeah, yeah, exactly." <laughs> Wind, you've got so much stuff to because unless it's a proper uh, like a performance that involves other people mm. that can help deal with that stuff, then yeah, it's usually indoors. Just finding a better room. My mum's room is the best one, which she hates, but <laughs> that's got like, the best lighting and everything like that. So your mum gets turfed so, out, so you can go in and do. Yeah, bless her. She does let me use it a lot. <laughs> and has she been one of your like biggest supporters? Would you say? Yeah, hundred. I think from the beginning, the biggest. Um, like she's she just asked me what I wanted to do from a very early age, and then from there, just supported me from the get go. Really, she's been my number one fan. Oh, and so she doesn't mind getting kicked out of her room every now and again, then. No, she doesn't. I know, as much as she complains <laughs> for the wider cause. Um, yes. So who would you say your like UK role models are? Is there someone that kind of has paved the way for you? Um, I think I, I, for the UK, it's difficult. I mean, obviously I grew up listening to Jamelia and amazing people mm-hmm. such as herself. Um, and Adele, I think Adele was amazing. Yeah. Um, but as like a, like, I don't know, maybe a chariot for like soul music that's cross borders. Cool. Maybe um, soul's I can't really a, better, think. Um, a better term. Yeah, so maybe, but I can't really, I think, because I grew up listening to just a lot of American gospel and soul and R&B. Um, it's pretty hard to say from the UK, 
Which is actually exciting because I think there's room for someone to do that. Yeah, so hopefully some little girl might say it's me one day. (laughs) So yeah, that would be amazing. Of a really exciting journey and you're already making massive waves. Like, Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Do you have any like weird music that people would be really surprised that you're into? A hundred percent. Come on, you've got to tell us. (laughs) Um... I, okay, so first of all, I don't, I barely listen to new music. Like, obviously, the ones that are just are everywhere, of course, I hear. But um, I love jazz. I love old jazz. Like, um, love jazz. And then I love, like, I love Disney music. So I still listen to, like, High School Musical, <laughs> all of that stuff. Cheetah Girls, <laughs> that's my stuff. I listen to that. And then um, I also love film music, okay. which is really weird. Like, which um, ones? Like, my favourite film is Lord of the Rings, so I listen to the soundtrack all the time. Really? That's quite, like, <laughs> yeah. big, atmospheric. Yeah, I love it so much, yeah. You're going to get me excited. But do you know what? It shows that you're going <laughs> to, in some way, you'll probably end up pulling one of those sounds in... Oh, I know, when Ed Sheeran got to do that, um, you know, he's done the theme tune for one of the Hobbits. I was so jealous. I was like, that is my dream. I know there's not going to be any more. <laughs> there's not going to be any more. So, but I mean, big up to him because that was, that was one of my bucket lists. I love that you would have loved to have done the Hobbit theme tune. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you know, we're all well-rounded human beings and um, yeah, uh, it's, I'm surprised. What can I say? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so let's talk a bit about um, being black in the music industry right now. So, have you? How have you found your experiences so far? Um, I mean, it's definitely a, a struggle. A hundred being both black and a woman. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things. I don't know. You just notice, um, even just opportunity wise, and. Sometimes you'll maybe question, are you the token name on something mm-hmm. just because of that? Um, but at the same time, I, I just try to look at it as something like, I'm cele- I celebrate being black and yeah. being a woman. So being a challenge just means I've got to work harder. Um, and I think, I think there's now more room for us to support each other mm-hmm. openly um, and it being seen as not a, like not just a black event or something like that, yeah. but us like openly making moves in the industry and things like that. Um, it has been hard during this period, especially I think because I don't know a lot of your, I think a lot of people said a lot of things just to say, yeah. um, which was hard to, I think not react to, especially as well. Cause you got to think business wise, if you're trying to build partnerships with people at the same time, you might not agree with so You've got to just make certain decisions. I think, um, which I have made um, during this time, but it's been, it's been difficult. Like, I can't lie. You have to, you'd have to sec- sometimes you second guess yourself. Um, but you, again, like you have to think, go with your gut. That's like one thing yeah. I've been definitely doing during this period. Um, something that doesn't feel right. Or I know like I might look back on and wish that I hadn't gone with these people or something like that. Yeah. Um, you have to stay true, I think, which is hard, but it's, it's been a journey. Of course. And I hope, well, we all hope that this is a catalyst for change now, that it's a more acceptable topic of conversation that actually people aren't so, I mean, it's still scared of having. Yeah, not so scared yeah. of having. And I think that for me, obviously I come from a really privileged point, point of view because I'm white, but I saw Alexandra Burke talking about her experience in the music industry. Have you seen her video? I mean, obviously you would have seen I haven't seen the video, no. Oh my God. It was just like, 
the stuff that she was put through that she was going to be was this on x factor um her, her career after x factor and she did this really candid honest you know because you think about how amazing her voice is and how incredible she was and how her career kind of didn't do what you would have expected it to do. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and she did this interview and it was just like it's heartbreaking she was like she couldn't wear her hair a certain way she couldn't talk a certain way because she was going to be aggressive and all this stuff and it's like what the fuck yeah just being herself was a problem and it's like how can being herself be bigger than that woman's talent because she's so talented you know it happens all the time yeah it's 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 such a real thing and such a sad thing but like the aggressive thing is so true i feel like black women always get painted aggressive for even if you talk like a even a man mm-hmm. um and they've dealt with something a certain way if a black woman has done that especially yeah. um they're seen as aggressive or unacceptable or uh, difficult to work with like i've been labeled difficult to work with so many times just for doing business the way i would expect someone to do business correctly yeah. with me um but i just think like I used to take it to heart all the time, but then when you look at a bigger picture, you realize that this this industry especially is not designed for um, like people like us to be put in place of power, which is something we have to overcome and um, destroy yeah. that mentality. It is, it's so, but it's, that's really realistic of what, that's actually what it yeah. is. So it's something we have to um, just change, uh, which obviously comes from help, what comes with help with white people as well, working with yeah. us. If we are all in it together, which is something um, at last, I think at least now people that might be aware of that, like, because I think racism, everyone's been aware of that. But it's just, I think now people are really starting to have to look like, what can they actually yeah. do about yeah. it to make a difference? Like, it's time to step up yeah. um, kind of thing. It's not just like, oh, yeah, I'm not racist. So that's not kind of enough anymore. No, well, no, exactly. You have to be actively anti-racist. And there's a big difference mm-hmm. being like, well, no, what? Big, big difference sitting on a fence yeah. and getting involved. Yeah. yeah, 100%. This is it. And it also shows that, you know what, what you're doing is like really joyful and beautiful and sharing that and having those messages. It doesn't have to be a scary, intimidating thing to do if it's something that's new for you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. I mean, listen, hopefully this is the catalyst for some good change. That's what we're all... And we're all continue yeah. doing what we can. It's, it's, I think it's very interesting to see, like, now obviously it's still going on and Black Lives Matter, like, every day. But I think now things maybe online are not so in your face mm-hmm. as it once was. Um, it is very interesting to see, like, what companies are actually doing something different yeah. without, like, posting stuff. Yeah. As well, but, like, actually seeing... Um, and I won't lie, like, I, that I have really been disappointed already, like, by people claiming they were going to make massive changes mm. and then kind of doing, sticking to what they normally would do anyway, mm. uh, or making zero changes. But, I mean, I think at the same time saying that there are companies that have actively keep, keep on having the conversations and yeah. keep on doing things to better, for example, their employees or putting people in positions of power. Yeah. Even I think the question, the conversation as well, I think is like, it's for black people to start owning these companies as well, not yeah. just being put in a position of power in a massive company yeah. because the real power is the person that owns the company. So it's like, I think together when that is more um, diverse, that is when we really start to see change. Yeah. And that's only a matter of time now, you know, it can just, 
yeah, hopefully this generation will be the one that makes that big, big change. Yeah, I hope so. Good. I hope so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, powerful stuff, and hopefully there'll be girls out there that will be like, right, I can do it. I'm not scared now. <laughs> Pave the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. You can. Can't let. I mean, if we had that attitude, we wouldn't be as far as we are today. So. Exactly. So, what advice would you give to aspiring? singers and musicians um it's definitely a hard hard industry like a face you face difficult decisions every day um uh i think you need to be 100 sure it's what you want to do 100 percent, like thousand percent um and with that make sure if someone shuts a door that's not it mm-hmm. because you need to keep going a hundred like there will be so many doors slammed in your face so <laughs> Um, I wouldn't take anything personal and just literally try to enjoy the moments that you love as much as possible. Mm. Um, And don't be too hard. How did you get to the point that you were sure? Because like you say, it's not the most easy career path to choose. To do, yeah. I mean, I I think looking back, in the moment, I definitely wasn't sure. Mm. Um, Maybe when I look back, I've noticed... um, I think when I left, I I went to the Brit school and I think when I got in there... Because um, I didn't get in there straight away, and I remember I loved the Brit, the Brit school so much, like I, that was my dream. Mm. And when I like, I was expecting. I think because Brit's very different in particular, and like who they accept, and like for different reasons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, like, and I think you'll never know as well why. Mm. But um, I think like because that was my dream, and I've been doing like I've been winning my talent competition, I've been getting my solos. I was doing like I felt like I was maybe I was a bit too cocky, like I was the best at what I was doing and everything else I was doing. Yeah. Um, so I expected like that Brit school's next. So like when I didn't get in straight away, that was definitely my first like blow. Okay. Um, yeah. And I was devastating. I think, but it takes stuff like that to build you up because that's a very minor blow yeah. to what you get in like the real world. But like, luckily I got in, um, afterwards and, um, Is it like a I think year that- or did you have to... It was, so you have to, if you don't get in the first time, you can uh, choose to appeal. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so I done that. And then you have to like re-audition, you have to reapply. Like it's a, the basis of the process again. Wow. Um, yeah. So, but like I, once I got in, I think after enduring um, the two years of Brit, I knew that this is definitely what I want to do. Mm. I think after that as well, some people knew this is not what they wanted to do either. Cause you do music every day there. So um if you don't like it, you will really start to realize because it's not it's not just less sing. It's business. It's like there's so much different stuff in music that you will learn that you'll hate and that you might like. Um, and some people are just like, yeah, it's not for me. Like they, so some people left thinking, yeah, I'm not doing it, and some people left thinking, yeah, this is what I really want to do. So um, after that, I think I was pretty sure I wanted to do it. I don't know how or where to start, <laughs> but I knew I wanted to do it and. Yeah, from there, that's, that's, I think, looking back now, that's where I was sure. Mm. Okay, so you had the training. And I mean, Brit school, is it like being in high school musicals? Everyone dancing and singing all the time? <laughs> no, everyone asks <laughs> this all the time. No, it's not like that at all. Um, but drama, musical theatre and drama, we're way more more like that, I guess, than music. Music's like very chill and, um, I don't know. It's not like that at all. It's just a creative school. It's a very good, it's a great support system if you want to be creative. Yeah. Basically. That's brilliant. And it's given you, a, it gives you a realistic view of what to expect once you're kind of thrown into the industry. Yeah. It's a, you're definitely in a lovely like safety bubble whilst you're there and you've got things provided for you for free that you would never have mm. like outside. But um, it's a great build. Like even the people that you meet, I think that's one of the best things I took away from there. It's like, 
half my band is from Brit still. So oh, really? and I, I, yeah, the two guys I made this last project with, they were my schoolmates at Brit. So that's so nice. You know each other. You've got that background, and you can bring out the, so, and just the support system and the safety that you like know each other. It's people that you came into it with. It's not yeah, you know. You really have that trust built up. So. Oh, I love that. That's brilliant. Um, let's talk a bit about, um, did you have a time to think about the three things you've learned so far? During what, just being as a musician? Yeah, as a musician or kind of like life, you know, do you have three things that you would yeah, um, end or advice? I say my top one would be to always trust your gut. That's like one thing I think maybe like music has taught me that the most, but in life, I think it's very true as well. That's why what um, a lot of people say that and people that are doing good things and that are at a point that, you know, you've got to be relatively successful for us. <laughs> you know what I mean, like most of the women are like, yeah, trust your instinct, trust your gut. And I think that's yeah. just, especially women, women have, I just, we have a sixth sense yeah. because I just think we'll no, we're not always right, yeah. Like, don't hopefully no one hears this, but <laughs> but we do have. I think when you get an initial feeling about something, I think nine point five out of ten times we are correct. Yeah. Um, and even saying that, I feel like I still find it difficult to trust your gut because if you haven't, got, if that's what you're kind of leaning on, it is hard sometimes. But um, I've always, I've always, I've always looked back and wished I did. So mm. um, going forward, I've always tried to have that mindset. Mm. Um, the second one, um, someone taught me this, this is actually really good. And this is with every situation I think, and I try to apply it to, but, um, to take a deep breath before you react and Mm. it actually works so well. Um, whether that's like, even like angry business, um, sad, like, I think it really allows you to not say the wrong thing or something you might, if you thought about it, wouldn't have said. Yeah. Um, That's definitely good advice. For sure, just like yeah, it, it was really good advice. Yeah. I am very happy. So I'm talking <laughs> that. Um, and then I think the last one, ooh, last one's tough. Narrowing down to three things in life. You can go on all day, babe. We're here for a while. You've got more than three. I'm happy to take more than three. <laughs> this sounds a bit corny for, but maybe it's the best way to word it is like love first, because I think. Mm. Without that, I just think how the world would go on, I don't know. So um, that's, I just try and think that first. Yeah. But I'm guilty of not always like putting these three things to practice anyway. So we're all trying. It's a journey and they're things that we've learned and they're things that you sometimes forget. I think we're all guilty, but those are really, those are really, yeah. really beautiful. I like them. Love things yeah. that I wish I could say, stick to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rules, just like let's try and lead by love and from a compassionate, loving point of perspective is just like, yeah, I did very idealistic. Yeah, yeah, it is, and like we all kind of you know get angry when someone's cut in front of you in a queue or like whatever silliness happens during the day. Mm-hmm, Being like, mm-hmm. you know what, fine, love first, like good for you, like that's yeah, yeah. It will make your day run a bit smoother, wouldn't it? Yes, it would, a hundred percent. So, Jazz, mm-hmm. I guess the logical question is, what's next? Well, I definitely have a music video coming out for "Let Me Down," the kind of reggae track that's on the. Um, the Lovers Rock Chat that's on my project All Eyes On You mm-hmm. that should be out hopefully within the next month how did you course. did you film it in after we managed to escape from lockdown or was it kind of- so it's actually like quite an animated vi- video oh wicked um, yeah like I really love what it's looking like right now mm. so hopefully you will too but um yeah we were supposed to, we was going to do a physical one but just because of everything it the what I had for it the idea I had for a proper physical visual was just not gonna happen mm. 
of the lockdown restrictions and everything. And I didn't want to do maybe a half-hearted one that I didn't really want to do. My second option was always the animated one. So we decided to go with that. Um, and then I'm definitely hoping to drop two more singles before the end of the year. Amazing. So, You're going to be busy. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am trying to rush and get that finished. But um, Can we yeah, find out what the next single is going to be? Can we get an exclusive? Um, I haven't got a name for it, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> but... Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything. It's a nice spin off this EP. I don't know if that says anything. Awesome. So we're looking out for, a new, for two new singles, music video, mm-hmm. and conquering the world, basically. Basically, <laughs> just that. <laughs> wicked. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. It's been wicked. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. After Hours, Ash and you. Thank you for listening to After Hours by Ashton and Mie. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. See you back here next week for a brand new episode.